Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Matt Fallais. And we're here to preview the January States meeting where uh, the item that they're going to be discussing is... Um, Matt, remind me, what, what's, what are they talking about? I think it's tax at some point oh, will tax, come up. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I should have been paying more attention. Um, it's, it's uh, I jest, of course, because uh, obviously our coverage here at the Guernsey Press has been pretty much uh, dominated by this particular issue and one element of the tax review in particular, which is a goods and services tax. Uh, policy and resources are coming up with six proposals. Uh, that new tax is one of them. They're also planning to introduce a new 15% tax band for all earnings up to uh, £30,000 and a boost to the income tax allowance. Um, They're going to make social security contributions allowances uh, work a little bit more like income tax. That will save some more money as well. The theory is that the modestly paid will be better off as a result of all these changes and some of the wealthier people will end up paying thousands more in uh, tax because they can't avoid GST the way that they can avoid others. This is all the theory from policy and resources but uh, not everyone's buying it, are they, Matt? No, I mean, I think publicly there's so much opposition, isn't there, to GST that a lot of the rest of the package has gone under the radar. I've spoken to people who are normally quite tuned into what's happening in in local politics. And some of them seem to have no idea at all about the other changes in income tax and the social security changes because GST has really dominated. It was always going to and any committee that put forward GST was always going to be on on dodgy ground and i think pnr must have less and less confidence going into this debate that they they stand any chance at all of succeeding i i think they potentially could go down to quite a heavy defeat when when their proposals are voted on they're um, suggesting that they're going to stick to their proposals. They're not going to budge from it. There are alternative suites of proposals being offered. Um, but there, there was a glimmer of um, uh, of what might happen in the future when uh, Deputy Fairbrush commented to us that we'll see where we are on Thursday evening. In other words, if they have two days of debate on this and it becomes clear they're going to lose, as happened uh, in October 2021, they might decide that they need to come in with something new that is some form of a compromise. So it's a bit difficult to predict at this point what might end up happening as a result of all this. It's not necessarily PNR's version or Deputy Parkinson's version or Deputy Salisbury's version. Uh, there are other possibilities, aren't there? Yeah, I, mean, I would think there are probably conversations going on about possible compromises, but but how do you compromise over something like GST? I mean, if, if the package that ends up being approved, if there is one, includes GST then then PNR's yeah, the central plank of their proposal will have survived if it doesn't include GST the central plank of their proposals will have been ditched so I, it looks to me as if the differences between the different packages are so great that you can't really come up with a compromise uh, but yeah I, I do think the outcome is very unpredictable uh, but I, I think it's going to be very difficult for anyone to, to get GST through this assembly. And I guess the uh, the noise around that uh, campaign to say no is going to be ramped up significantly by uh, the presence of a protest on the steps of the Royal Court. Uh, that's been called uh, for 8.30. Sometimes um, protests are organised and not very many people turn up, but we can probably predict from what happened on Sunday at the march and rally that this one is going to be very well attended. So um, it, it's always an interesting time for us in the media when, when there's a huge protest on the steps of the states. Uh, I 
often get mistaken for a deputy and they start haranguing me. Um, you're more recognisable in that regard. Are you looking forward to turning I up tomorrow? I don't get mistaken for a deputy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the largest one I remember, I think, is, is, uh, was over the incinerator. I think maybe the second debate over incineration. And I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, many deep in the crowd. And I think... I'm I'm pretty sure that made a difference. It was a that was a very very close vote, and I don't think GST is going to be that close actually. But but that protest I think made a difference because uh, it you know it can be a little bit intim if you're a slightly on the fence you know on an issue it can be a bit intimidating to walk through 600 people you know uh, all um, you know campaigning one way, and there are a few deputies in this states who won't ever have experienced anything like that. Uh, including some who who would have stood on doorsteps giving pledges to oppose GST, and uh, if they've been wavering a little bit, that, that protest could concentrate their minds. I think going in tomorrow morning. And the, well, there was the recent uh, protest for discrimination legislation, uh, which actually also uh, followed through with quite a large number of people attending within the public gallery. Normally, it's just me and Mary Lowe watching the proceedings, but uh, on this occasion, there were quite a few. And I wonder if that had an effect as well. And of course, it's worth reminding listeners that members of the public are entitled to watch the proceedings within the states from the public gallery. So uh, you don't need to book in advance or anything. You can just turn up and uh, go along and have a look as, as long as you leave a seat for me, please. <laughs> that would be handy. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it is fascinating. I mean, obviously, we, we've uh, built this up as the, the big item in this entire state's term. I think it's probably arguable that it is uh, more significant in terms of its reach and its repercussions than even the discrimination legislation debate or the waste one that you mentioned there earlier that have attracted all those um, periods of attention. Deputy Fairbrush said to me the other day when he was in here with uh, Deputy Carl Meerveld that win or lose, he's carrying on regardless. Do you see that being possible for Deputy Fairbrush? I, 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 he says it would be irresponsible to walk away. But if a committee is set up, let's say, a Deputy Soulsby's uh, proposals come through, um, that effectively take over a large part of PNR's mandate, and he has to sort of sit by and wait for them to come up with their conclusions and then see them through. It, it doesn't seem like the sort of thing that any PNR committee possibly particularly that PNR committee are going to want to have to do. It's very difficult, I think. Um, uh, so the conventional approach, I think, would be if, if you come with like flagship proposals as a committee and you lose them or they get so heavily amended that they're unrecognisable, um, the committee resigns and is replaced normally by the people who put forward the alternative idea that's been accepted. But this is not really a conventional state's. I mean, not least because it's it's just much more tribal than than it has been in the past, and that's grown a little bit over the last five six years. But it, it it's now as tribal as it's ever been, and um, the the amendment that's most likely to get through, which is the one from Deputy Salisbury and St Pierre, really is coming from the other tribe than than PNR. So I think that they will be very reluctant to to stand down. Um, but I don't think a motion of no confidence can be ruled out. You know, I think if PNR stick to their guns, go down to a heavy defeat, if Deputy Salisbury's amendment is approved, and at that point PNR try to say, okay, fine, yeah, we, we accept that outcome, we'll get on with implementing these ideas that we've just, you know, piled in on and rubbished for the last several weeks. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a motion of no confidence. So this is a maybe a bit of a turning point, I think, in in this state's term. Um, and I agree with you. I think this is probably the most important debate, certainly of this term, but probably for several terms, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, and we obviously, on a on a politics-themed podcast, are bound to sort of pay close attention to the political ramifications. But I guess it's, it's, it's important for us to bear in mind, and it's even more important for the deputies to bear in mind, that the repercussions for the people of Guernsey are more profound and more important, in a way, than uh, any of the political machinations. We should probably just mention a few other things that are happening in this uh, state's meeting, because believe it or not, it's not just all about tax or, indeed, um, GST. Um, we're actually going to be uh, starting, once we get through the the uh, protests and get into our seats at uh, half past nine with uh, tributes being paid first of all to deputies Michael Dean and Owen Lavallee. We'll then have a statement from the Alderney representatives uh, that's the their general update statement it's their turn basically. Uh, we had uh, had an indication that there wouldn't be any questions in question time but one has been submitted by Deputy St Pierre he's wanting to know from Deputy Neil Linda, the uh, President of Economic Development uh, when we can expect a tourism product development policy letter um, there's, I think, 20 minutes or so allowed for, the, for answers and follow-up questions for that. Then we'll have the appointment of an industrial disputes officer and a deputy industrial disputes officer. I'd imagine they'll get through that pretty quickly. And then in theory, we should also have a policy letter from Development and Planning Authority um, about um, amenity of land areas and a, uh, an annual report from Guernsey Post. But we understand those are getting bumped back to the end of the uh, meeting after tax, which effectively means February or March, I think, at this point. Um, and then we'll we'll move on to the to the main ticket. Before all the the stuff you mentioned, there's an election of a jurat, isn't I'd there? Forgotten about that, yes. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, I mean, that's really odd to have to have this this kind of flagship states meeting, uh, you know, held up for for a bit while while a jurat is elected. And that's not just the states members electing, isn't it? There's a whole host yeah. of other people who have to come and then leave. It's going to take quite a while to get yeah. that done. So if any of the protesters want to sit in the public gallery, they won't be allowed in for, for the first hour or so of the of the meeting from 9.30 because the, there is going to be a jurat elected first. Um, so when will this finish? I mean, there is a chance that the, that the debate will roll over in, into next week, the tax debate. Uh, there is also um, talk, uh, as you've been reporting on, of the states sitting in committee, as it's known, which essentially means that instead of having one speech per deputy, there could be multiple speeches, still all kind of ordered by the bailiff as the presiding officer, but nevertheless much more like a committee meeting than a normal states debate. And if they go into committee, the states could allow um, states officials, advisers to come, maybe the state's treasurer to turn up and, you know, advise uh, on any technical questions states members have. Uh, so we understand that might be put to the states when they when they uh, sit, whether they want to go into committee. Uh, that doesn't mean the states would meet in private, you know, with all the the media thrown out and the broadcast feed turned off. Uh, it just means that they would they would sit in committee. Um, I, I mean, personally, I can't quite see what the point of that would be. I think you'd probably end up with even more rambling debate and uh, well, I imagine know, it, I, a similar outcome. But I, they might do that. I've I've, I've heard uh, a rumour that um, the bailiff is giving it serious consideration, and I, I would imagine that if he is, then his thinking would be that uh, there's that there's a danger they could spend hours and hours of of debating time on the Cersei and then move on, let's say, to the Deputy Salisbury uh, amendment um, if if the Cersei is unsuc 
successful and that we could be into Friday before they get off that and there's still very serious consideration to be given to all sorts of issues that haven't even been got to yet including um, amendments from Deputy um, Gollop and Matthews really profound changes that have tens of millions of pounds worth of consequences but might only be referred to in the last hour of general debate Um, so I suppose it avoids that timetabling issue just launch into the whole subject all at once for two days and then come up smiling on friday and and uh, have a clear idea what they're talking about we shall see uh, i won't actually be there on friday you'll be in the good hands of uh, matt here and mark Ozier, who'll also be uh, covering the uh, gst debate this week um and let's hope it does finish by friday if not they've got tuesday uh, held over as a possible extra day to continue into uh, not an uncontroversial decision because some deputies will be missing if they do Um, But we might even have to come back in February, which is uh, a meeting three weeks uh, hence. But uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, So we'll we'll look forward to bringing you a review of each day's uh, states here on the podcast. Uh, But of course, also comprehensive coverage in the pages of our newspaper six days a week. But that's all from us for now. Goodbye. Goodbye.